0: Uh, Hello folks and welcome to episode 2 of the all-time best music show. The Gads is my name and this is my own personal trip down musical memory lane. Uh, All of the songs, all of the bands, the artists, the musical moments that shaped my musical life. And of course last week I talked about Nirvana, the great uh, Seattle grunge band of the 1990s. For those of you that don't know who they are, the six of you that don't. Uh, and particularly their song Smells Like Teen Spirit. Now, talking about musical moments, that was one of the, if not the defining musical moment of my life. They were they one of those bands that just changed everything. I think we all have one where you hear them for the first time and nothing's the same after that. And that's definitely what Nirvana were for me. They were, they were the band that made nothing else the same. Now, the 90s saw the explosion of grunge, uh, but at the same time, it saw the explosion of what was at different times called punk, or, or underground rock, or alternative rock. And in fact, the Grammy Awards had to change their... Uh, what, it had to introduce a new category, Best Alternative Released. Uh, I think they changed it to Best Independent in the end anyway, but Best best Alternative Rock Release. Uh, we saw a bunch of indie labels, indie independent record labels releasing incredible albums, incredible music. And it was kind of like, I guess... Smells Like Teen Spirit was kind of like a musical Big Bang. There was this explosion, but out of this explosion just came this plethora of musical styles. Now, out of this, I was introduced to a whole range of different music. So what I wanted to do with this episode is do my three favourite non-grunge songs of the alternative rock era. So, as I said, we got pop punk, we got reggae, we got East Coast... Uh, we got California punk, South Southern California punk, Northern California punk, English punk. We of course saw Britpop come out of that era as well. And just this, it was almost um. I think it was described as the time to- at the time as the underground coming overground. And um, Mike, Fat Mike from NoFX summed it up really nicely when he said, "We all got careers because of Nirvana. They gave us all careers. That was their legacy." And so, the beauty of it was though. Uh, and I guess people don't really remember this at the time it's hard, to, hard to remember this I should say is that you you were really limited and particularly somewhere like Australia you were really limited in what you could listen to so all of a sudden this different music came along and we were just, it was mind blowing, it was incredible so I got introduced to three bands uh, that I loved now there was a bunch of songs, I want to do some special mentions here um, Urge Overkill with their album Saturation, uh, particularly the songs Sister Havana, Sister Havana and uh, Positive Bleeding. Positive Bleeding is one of the best songs you'll ever hear. Uh, it's amazing. Um, of course, the great Smashing Pumpkins. Now, I've struggled to not put a Smashing Pumpkins song into this top three, but, you know, Today, Sherry Brock, Geek USA, uh, that album, Siamese Dream, in the 90, in, in the early 90s, 93, was just a stunning piece of work. Um, Fire started by The Prodigy later on in the 90s. We had uh, 10,000 Maniacs with Our Time in Eden and candy Everybody Wants and uh, These Are The Days. Um, you know, Red Hot Chili Peppers releasing Blood Sugar Sex Magic and, and Suck My Kiss and Give It Away and Under the Bridge and Breaking the Girl. Uh, that whole album, just brilliant as well. But I, I've tried to pick my three fav- favourite musicals, well, three favourite songs from the non-grunge era. And um, number three is the band Rancid. Now, as I said to you guys at the start, uh, we were exposed to things that were just different. Punk rock had been around for a long time. Rancid were a, a Northern California punk punk band, a four-piece out of Northern California, led by Tim Armstrong and Lars Friedrichsen. And um, they looked like punk rockers. Tim had the mohawk, Lars had the tattoos everywhere. Uh, their, mix, their musical mix was a kind of a mix of um, reggae and ska, um, definite punk. And I've I heard in an interview with Lars just recently that they, they made a very deliberate effort to make a, 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 a that album that they made, a, a probably a more palatable album than what they'd previously done. But they released this album out and out come the wolves and off at, and out come the wolves came the song Time Bomb. Now there was, again, three or four songs off that album that I just loved. Uh the, Actually, the album is brilliant, but, you know, uh, Olympia, Washington... Ruby Soho uh, listed MIA, but this one time bomb, just different. Uh, this beautiful reggae beat, uh, this incredible uh, sound. These guys that looked like nothing I'd ever seen before, and time bomb by Rancid just changed my world. Uh, you'll still hear it on ads and things like that. Uh, one of the things, and the interesting things about this, is the the overground. The underground has definitely become overground now. It's um, definitely mainstream. You know, you know, life's changed when you're hearing Nirvana on on the the classic rock radio stations. So number two on my little list here is uh, the band Sublime um, and their song "What I Got." So Sublime released their album in 1996. The downside of this, uh, unfortunately, like many uh, of his contemporaries. Uh, Bradley Noel, the lead singer of Sublime, fell victim to the deadly scourge of heroin addiction uh, in 1996. He died two months before his album was released. So he never got to see it come out. He never got to see the the success or the accolades that it got. He never got to see just how good it was. And it really is, Sublime is really, uh, they live up to the name, it really is a Sublime record. It is an incredible piece of music. If you haven't listened to it again, this beautiful mix of ska—it's probably—it doesn't have the 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 manic energy of an outcome. The wolves—it's it's the more laid-back Southern California uh, ska punk. It's got beautiful rhythms, and what I got, what I got, is the kind of song that makes me feel like it's a lazy Saturday afternoon, and I'm about to have a barbecue with my mates. That's what what I got makes me feel like. Uh, as I said, Brad Noel didn't get to see any of the accolades that his band got and they deserved them all. And I felt very sorry for the fact that uh, his bandmates had this incredible piece of music on their hands and uh, and that was it. They couldn't do anything else with that. So, uh, Sublime, what I got is my number two. Now, my number one, in 1990, 1990. One was an incredible year for music, but 93 was pretty damn good as well. And out of, uh, out of the combustible wreckage that was... If you're familiar with music, you're familiar with a band called The Pixies. And out of the combustible wreckage that was The Pixies, uh, the, the relationship of Frank Black, or Black Francis and his bandmates, uh, came a band called The Breeders. And The Breeders were uh, Kim Deal, who was the bass player in The Pixies, and uh, this the Pixies was originally her side project which became her main project after the Pixies went through the first of their many breakups and reformations. But um she went she released an album uh went through a couple of lineups and released an album in the early nineties with Tanya Donnelly, who went on to form uh the band Belly. But ninety three, August ninety three saw the release of The Last Splash in the song Cannonball. And Cannonball is as close to a perfect pop song, pop punk song, as you're ever going to want to hear. It's got this incredibly catchy little intro, this beautiful bass line, the explosion. Uh, you know, Cobain talked about releasing music uh, and the formula of releasing a good song, which was uh, an age-old formula and one, in fact, pioneered by the Pixies, which was loud, a quiet, loud, quiet, you know, a, a quiet verse, a loud chorus, and a quiet verse and a loud chorus, and this does this beautifully, it, it's, uh, look, if you look at certain bands, people will tell you that, you know, the Beatles were nothing without Lennon, the genius of the Beatles was Lennon, Um, McCartney was amazing, but Lennon was the one. And I would argue that the genius of the Pixies was probably Kim Deal, based on The Last Splash. Certainly, Black Francis, Frank Black was amazing and wrote incredible songs, but... Kim Deal. Man, if you haven't had a chance, go out and get Last Splash. I'm sure you can stream it somewhere. If you haven't heard Cannonball by the Breeders, go and hear it. The film clip is amazing. The song is amazing, and for a 17-turning 18-year-old Adam, big ads, the 1994 Big Day Out was one of my musical uh, awakenings. A lineup that included Soundgarden, The Ramones, Bjork, The Smashing Pumpkins, The Breeders, Primus, Urge Overkill, The Cruel Seed, Tumbleweed, The Meanies, FX, Tism. Uh, I didn't see a lot of those bands. Oh, I didn't see a couple of those bands because I stood in the main stadium and I saw Urge Overkill and I saw The Breeders and I saw The Teenage Fan Club and I saw The Smashing Pumpkins who I was in love with at the time. But definitely my musical highlight that day was The Breeders and their song Cannonball. So I'm going to leave you on that one, folks. Uh, in There'll be a social media post associated with this if you want to tell me what your three favourite songs are. non grunge songs of the alternative rock era. Um... Leave them down below. If you agree, let me know. If you disagree, tell me what you think is uh, should be on my list, and I'm, I'm happy to happy to take all comers. But uh, thank you for listening and indulging me and letting me take a little walk down the musical memory